And here we are at Sapphire for another episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Combos. We're going to flip the script today to the person that actually always was holding the strip, delivering the script, making sure that we on set knew what to do, because if we didn't do it right, how would it be for you? This friend of mine who has been an esteemed director, producer in the industry, now retired for 20 years, has written a book. The tell all that none of us had the balls to write. That is my friend. And you can remember Legina, just like you remember Vagina. And that is Vic Legina right here, author of Filthy. Filthy. And it is fucking filthy for sure. So, Vic. Yes. Your book came out a month ago. Yes. And so you all should know as well, Vic and I are really good friends, even though he's an Eagles fan and I'm a Cowboys fan. That's kind of the bond that really made us hitch on set when we first met and started working mm-hmm. together. Um, but it's 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 not easy because you know how this goes. We're getting together, and of course the Eagles will win, uh, and I've got to wear it on the chin. But uh-huh. you're here for your birthday a month ago. Yes. And we were all out your 50th. Yes. We were all out at a beautiful dinner at Say Less. Mm -hmm. And while we were at dinner, you got the alert that your book was available on Amazon. Like we could actually order copies. So we're all sitting there at the table at dinner. We all are ordering our copies. You're staying at my place. We're going to get the copies. And I got to be present when you held your own book for the first time. Yeah. It's like my baby. I was holding my baby, my little baby in my hand. I was like, I did this. I created this. I know. It was it was actually great. And the thing that was also cosmically weird, there was a solar eclipse that we didn't get to see in New York. I know. On my 50th birthday. And it was a very unique eclipse as well. Yes. Yeah. So So basically, I mean, it was like all these things lining up at once. I was like, it was meant to be. It was meant to be your favorite people at dinner. Yes. All of us ordering the books. Me seeing your expression. Because, you know, for me, opening it, paging through it, and seeing how much time. You know, I've been on the phone calls with Vic walking through this process. And the detail that you put into, you know, your your inner voice and your outer voice (laughs) and the different text in the book makes it a really fun read. Mm -hmm. The artwork on the cover Mm -hmm. is so fucking spectacular. Yeah. How long did it take for you to make these decisions? Because the content is one thing, but the creativity that you put into making this a fun read Mm -hmm. is very special. So I'd say the whole process started to finish eight and a half years with like the hard work coming in the last 14. And my lawyer, partner, buddy, Ed, not gay partner. Let's be specific about that. But yeah. I'd like you all to know that Ed is not his gay partner. No, he's not my gay partner. No. uh, He wants to be, but he's not. (laughs) so funny when we say partner now we think of that. No, you're like right away. And also when I say, oh, I'm going with my girlfriend and to a guy, I always wonder like, oh my God, he's picturing me scissoring me. It's going right now and she's just my friend. So, So Ed was like, he was always a big proponent of me getting this story out. He's like, dude, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, you know, who the fuck cares what I have to say? You know, who am I? Who wants to hear my story? But he's like, no, dude. There's lots of people want to hear this stuff. So he was like the wind in my sails. And so he helped me and my buddy Hauser, who you met, he helped me. And we just crafted this thing and making it good. And he's like, the one word, the the agreement was, this cannot look self-published. And I said, you know what? That's great, because I didn't want to go with a publisher. When I was like talking to people about publishing, it was like, they were like a record label. They'll give you this money, and that's all you're going to see. And you're like, well, then And also, they can really change your story. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want to be castrated. I want to, if I'm going to do this, let's do it exactly how I want to do it. So- 
First, I got the cover art, which was Breeze. I met her on Jam Cruise. Now, Jam Cruise is a thing where us hippie weirdos go on a boat, do a lot of drugs, listen to jam bands, get in costumes, and like this is what I had to do to get my needle back into the normal so I could shoot porn for the masses. Like the 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 job would grind me down. The the bastards in Montreal would grind me down yes. to a nub, and I was like, you know what? I'm out. I'm going on Jam Cruise. And I met this wonderful woman, Breeze, and she gave me a sticker. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. But it came down to, okay, Breeze, do you want to do the cover of my novel? And I said, this is what I'm envisioning. And she's like, oh, I'm in. She's like, I'm all in on this. She's like, and the more we worked together and the more we talked, and I was like, this is what I'm thinking. And it evolved. And we were talking on the phone a lot. And she's like, I can't wait to read this book. But you know what? I want you to read it to me. She's like, cause Ooh. she, she was just getting like hearing my voice. She's yeah, like, yeah, I want to hear the story. And I was like, you want me to read the audiobook?" And she's like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you have to do your own. Audiobook. So I was like, okay, that was, that was reaffirming and all that stuff. So thanks to breeze, I read the audiobook and I did all of that, but then it came down to, okay, what does the interior look like? And, you know, I started shopping around designers. And a lot of them would pass on from the Oh, yeah, if you're adult alone. content, it's yeah, like, they're oh, like, my God, no. I cannot take your money. And I'm like, okay. I am what? too good for that. No. And I'm like, so I, I don't want this on my website. I don't want my name on it. I don't want, you know, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Until this British guy came along. And he's like, oh, mate, this sounds like a great project. And I'm like, okay, this, this, this might actually work. So he, uh, he got on board. And then when it came down to it, he's like, okay, this is really entailed. He's like, but. I have a vision here. And he started bouncing me his ideas. He's, he left me like seven, eight minute long voice memos of his ideas. And I'm like, it works. And For I was those like, of you that go and check it out, you're going to go to viclagina.com. You can get the links are there to where you can now listen to the audiobook. Of course, the Kindle version is already available. Mm -hmm. And what you should all know about any sort of ebook is you can change the language automatically. Yeah. So no matter where you are in the world, you can enjoy this book. And then also the trailer to this audiobook project, everything is at viclagina.com. So Vic, yes. stories that you think people don't know, mm -hmm. okay? Of course, you've seen new talent come into the business mm -hmm. and, and they go on a spell where they have a couple good scenes. It's kind of like a rookie quarterback. Yes. First score four games, you're like, oh my God, this kid is so good. And then yep. he just falls off. Right. And that's a normal thing because guys mm -hmm. are getting used to it. They're getting comfortable. They're realizing like maybe it was super hot for them the first four or five times and they were really into the girl. And now they're being challenged because they're working with a girl that maybe they're not even into or maybe she's not warm. You've probably seen girls that sit on the side of the set and wait for the guy's dick to get hard mm -hmm. and don't interact mm -hmm. with him. Can you tell our viewers what that's like? It's called the Phil Jackson. I had to Phil Jackson these young men and get them so they could get the job so we can all get paid. And the, 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 the logic of the Phil Jackson is like, look, man, okay, don't worry about us. Don't worry about everyone here. Stop worrying about what we think because your, your, your dick is not going to work. If the big head is not in it, yeah, the little yeah. head will follow. Yep. So I'm like, all right, dude, so focus on whatever it is about her to get the job done. Do you like her boobs? Do you like her face? But then sometimes you have the opposite problem. You know, they're they're too into it oh, and yeah. they and they they're going to finish soon. It's like right. so what do you do? 
complicated math problems. Yeah. yeah. Quick kid, what is 6,542 <laughs> times 786? It doesn't matter. Think about it, and you are not going to think about uh, and spooging all over the place. Did Johnny Sins ever tell you what he th would think about when he didn't want to come early? No. He would think about his dogs getting hit by a car. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, what do you told me? Because you know, I always like to ask guys, like, "What do you do when you're not into a girl?" And I remember some of the guys were like, "Well, I just pretend that I just got out of prison, mm -hmm. and this is my first time having sex." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah. a visual." And I want to ask Johnny, like, "How do you not come when you're?" And he's like, "Oh, I just picture my dogs getting right." You know, uh, Johnny is with yeah, his dogs. Sure, so I'm like, sure. <gasps> so, "That is unbelievable." So I didn't really have it in the performer side, but if I was with a woman intimately and she was great and I felt so good i thought about the dallas cowboys reaming the philadelphia eagles and that just got me straight to the point where i was like yeah i'm not i'm good let's just focus on that you drop a lot of names in your uh -huh. book you've yes. shot exactly how many scenes did you come up with that you had paperwork for when so you so when i was doing the crowd clicker you know because i bought one of those from amazon i was like i've got to go through my envelopes right which was 16 drawers about three feet wide full of envelopes and they're all a scene go click 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 3792 was the number that ended from all the scenes i produced and or directed so over almost four thousand scenes very close very so close. i'm pretty certain that something that you've seen or many things that you've seen was directed produced by vic mm -hmm. and that's an incredible length in the industry because you not only see girls come and go but you also see girls, girls come and come back. Yes. And you've got to know people and you've seen them through all their different uh, scenarios. And you were also a big part of big events that Brazzers put on for a long time. Yes. Uh, they were live shows. Mm -hmm. And live shows were a whole day. Uh, if I were to equate it, it's like somebody that's going to a sapphire, uh, to a to an exotica and has to build a sapphire booth and has all this stress to go through for two or three days and you just want it to be over, but it's such a big project. How many of those live shows did you produce? There had to have been about close to 50 of them over, over over like a four-year four, four year span maybe. And and I was the, the mad conductor on the crazy train because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're basically having eight people and you have to get them all in the room. And you got to go around that room is like, what are you not into? We need to know what everyone is into and not into. And, you know, because the live shows were built as anything goes type atmosphere. Sure. And if the guys would come in in the chat and say, we want these two to do this, yeah. they had to do it. So that's mm -hmm. why that's where the live shows were kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was important to have a consent conversation yes. before you stepped on set, because you could just ignore ignore that person in the and chat. It's, it's the only way that I that made sense to me to work, like let's get everyone in a room and have a conversation, like like that's a hard concept these days. But that's how you used to do it. You used well, to that's how we it. did it. They right. would ask us actually to go into a room alone, the performers, not in front of the director, mm -hmm. and have our own personal and private conversation. Yeah. What things do you like? What turns right. you on? You know, we didn't have Viagra in the '90s, yeah. so I would have to ask the guy, like, hey, if you're losing your edge, what is it? A lot of times it would be something as simple as, can you kiss my neck, mm -hmm. or can you kiss my ears, mm -hmm. or pet me. Like it wasn't what you would think. Yep. It was something intimate to make them feel that feeling again. Right. Yes. So yep. those conversations were important, but these were also long days. Mm -hmm. How many times in these days do you think people were partying a little bit or getting a little loose? Uh, I mean, look, everyone knew that like what the rules were. Like, Not don't supposed to do anything wrong. Don't let me see it. You know, as long as they, <laughs> it's like like the, like everyone would say like just make sure he doesn't see it. Yeah. Because I'm like okay. 
I'm not an idiot and I'm not naive. I know people are going to do things to make them loose, but it's like the rule was the unspoken rule is keep your shit together. Yep. Just keep your shit together. Yeah, yeah. Don't fall apart. Right. Because if you keep it together and, you know, everyone's feeling loose, then we're going to have a good day. Sure. A cocktail can loosen everybody up and make it a little bit easier to do. But it. I mean, sometimes you have four or five girls going through makeup. Yeah. So you've got, you know, there's a long stretch and some of them were doing anal. Yeah. And you're asking them to go live at five o'clock at night when they haven't eaten all day. So what do you do? So like they have candy and they keep their blood candy, sugar high. Yeah, sugar, but it's wrinkle. like people just kind of knew, like I started to get like an energy about me pacing a lot, pacing a lot and walking around because they knew, okay, we're this close to it. Let's get rehearsed. Let's do run. Let's do another dry run. Like, and to wrangle eight to 10 to 12. It's a lot. Yeah. I had to be a taskmaster and you know, I think you would say I was, you, you me, and, me and you had a great relationship. Yep, a lot of people would look at me like, he's an asshole. But it's like, not nah, really, I'm just a, I'm a manager. I'm managing this chaos. So as Vic was saying, he's the conductor. You see me put my finger up like that. That's when the music got a little bit loud. <laughs> I know nobody needs to be shaking their bonbon right now. Yeah. There could be like a uh, amateur situation going on where they're like with the clipboards, having a girl try out, but she could wait. Because this is a very developed conversation very we're getting important. into. This is something you want to know because you're going to buy the book, Filthy. You're going to read it. You're going to know a lot of people in it. Yeah. And I was going to tell you right now, I was very honored that when you read the first couple of pages, there's like a little dedication to me, which I didn't even fucking see coming, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, no. You, you've, been, you've been great. You've been such a good friend. Because once I wasn't able to give things to people, bookings anymore, they all disappeared. You didn't go anywhere. You stayed oh, here. You I stayed didn't. here and you helped me. So that means a lot because I met some good people in the business, but I can hold them in one palm. True. That's the reality. That. And I knew when we met that we weren't going to be doing this forever, but right. that we would be friends forever. Yeah. And I just love you as a human. Yeah. So that really touched me. So back to you conducting these massive live shows. I think I did one. Am I right? I think so. In the very And I hated it. Uh, I fucking hate it. Here's you, the thing, I, I hated it. I don't really remember it either. It was That's an early what, one. Okay. And it was one there was only like six people. Okay, yeah. But one only of the people was a girl that's very, you know, all over the place. And it was and it was just a long day. I think for me, mathematically, I was like, yeah. wait a minute. I'm getting yeah. the same fucking paycheck, really, yeah. that I would get for a scene. Yeah. And I've been here since eight. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be here until one o'clock in the morning. This makes no mathematical sense. Well, it wasn't really one o'clock in the morning. But, it, okay, so it was only a six-person cesspool. It wasn't like a ten-person oh cesspool. God. I remember these were the days where I would go right away. I'd call Dr. Riggs on my way home from Burbank Airport. <laughs> yep. And I'd say, no, Dr. Riggs, yep. I don't yet have an STD. Yeah. But I still want you to give me a K-pack <laughs> and every other form of antibiotics <laughs> for my own mental state. There was years where I took antibiotics every month yeah. Vic, without having anything yeah. Yeah. i celebrated my yeah. one year antibiotic free when i retired from the industry i was like yeah. i have been one year without taking yeah. it i would just get freaked out by a dirty yeah. situation yeah. like that and i'd yeah. be like i'm never gonna be able to sleep those antibiotics are murder on your system this oh they would, they would cause my fucking so, eyes to dry out for a girl so you get problems for like this and i had psoriasis so it would yeah. flare up my psoriasis yeah, no. the whole foot but it was still better than me reliving that six person situation that yeah. was disgusting yeah because you know you're climbing around these floors and my thing was always like a guy's gonna touch a floor then he's gonna spit in his hand <laughs> then he's gonna rub it on his dick and then he's gonna slide it inside me yeah. and I'm gonna be like oh my god I, yeah, I gotta get antibiotics everywhere. right now I'm so yeah. freaked out but yeah. what was it like making it through one of those days by the end of those days you still then have to 
finish up the paperwork because yep. we all have to come into yep. your office one at a time, do mm-hmm. our closing paperwork. Stack of paperwork this get, big, I had to photocopy. Yep, yep. Get that, get the, the checks to all of us. Mm-hmm. But then you had to be sure that you were uploading, checking, backing up, and managing the content. Oh, yeah. How many more hours did you work after we all got usually out of there? Usually a couple hours after that. That was usually a typical. Like, everything, like, everything had to be signed. Everything yes. had to be photocopied. Everything had to be put in there, like, scanned. I was very meticulous all the way through. Like, I don't know if I if I've been diagnosed with OCD. I've had ex girlfriends say I'm OCD. <laughs> I don't think I am. I just think I could manage all of the details. Like I can manage. You wanted the to do it right. You have to do it right. You because, have to do it right legally. Because, you have to do it right. But if and if you do it right, the gig keeps going. Yes. So it's like we can rely on him. He's dialed in onto the details because apparently a lot of people in our industry aren't dialed into. Oh the my details. god! As an agent, yeah. Do you know that half of my day was spent with producers calling me and saying, "Hey, we forgot to get this girl's paperwork." I'm like, "What the How fuck? You had her as a hostage for eight hours on set, and now you want me to track her down in Indiana? It has to be an original sign. It can't be yeah, like faxed right. over or done with DocuSign." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, how could you?" And it was very common. Yeah. I would say half the scenes yeah. I booked, yeah. that was a problem. Yeah, fucktards everywhere. That yes. was the reality of yes. the porn business. Yes. Like we dealt with fucktards yep. everywhere, everywhere, and we had to plan for the fucktards. Right, and because we they had were to... making money, yeah. they didn't really think they had to be any smarter. The problem with right. people making money too fast yeah. is it can sometimes make them mentally lazy. Yeah, where they are like, you know what, I'm good. This is more money than I ever thought I'd make, and it kind of it really melts them down into being less of what their potential truly is. To mm-hmm. be like money is power, but only right. if you allow it yeah. to help you flex. Yeah. Yeah. And I had like, listen, I wasn't the one in front of the camera. So I had to be sure that I was crushing it on the organization, organization side of things, on the quality side of things. Right. You have to fire on all syllables, on all cylinders. And they need to know that you're going to get the job done. Of course. And that was why I was able to stay in this longer than as, as long as I wanted to, because I always got the job done and they always trusted me to get the job done. Your work was very, it was physical. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were managing not only the talent on set, but your entire crew that was building sets, Mm -hmm. that was bringing in different things. You also would hire a lot of extras Mm -hmm. in case there was a scenario we needed people. Like, so you were managing a massive production, which Mm -hmm. in Hollywood, about 15 people would handle that job. One person's job would be just deal with the extras. One person's job, just deal with the talent, the Mm -hmm. makeup artist, the who's picking who up at the airport. Vic always shot in Vegas. We also had to coordinate and hope Mm -hmm. that everybody got on the flights. Mm One of my very last shoots for you was a gym set, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, Scott Nails on one of his many returns, Mm -hmm. and these were the things that you didn't have to go through on set. If you remember the girl on set with me that day, I won't say her name since the story I'm going to tell you. Okay, but it'll jog jog my memory. You're going to know. And so we're in the makeup chair, and she looks at me, and she's like, so I heard that you don't escort. And I said to her, no, I don't. You know, I've done very well. I feature dance. I do all these other things. And she's like, I just don't understand. Why would you not escort? You <laughs> could make so much money. And I realized what she was doing was her John, mm-hmm. one of her guys wanted to be with me that bad. Uh... She fucking pitched me that whole fucking time in the makeup chair. And finally, I looked at the girl and I said, if you don't move me to another room, I'm going to jump across the fucking room and beat the fuck. And then she was easily two feet taller than me. But mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. She was like... Reverse slut shaming me. She oh, was, you know who I'm talking I about now. I know exactly who that you're talking. Dirty fucking hooker. Yeah. And yeah. and she wouldn't. She was. And then also, I'm picturing her dirty vagina. It Sorry, was dirty. This might not be that friendly. But I'm thinking about this girl just doing a trick, and her test is from Monday. We're doing the shoot on Thursday. Like all of these thoughts are going through my young neurotic head. 
And those were the times when I realized I'd outgrown the space mentally mm -hmm. where I could exist and still just have fun. There were a lot of sets where I had fun. I had fun when I was producing my own movies. But when you're bringing in elements of people that I don't know that sure. well. I remember when I'm producing my own movies, I'm working with about 25 people. Yeah. They all know each other. It's real intimate. We're just switching. I have four movies. That's like a duplicate. Every scene's the same. It's sure. Isaiah Maxwell. Sure. It's Marcus Dupree. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 um, Mick Blue. Right. You know, Manuel, like simple. Right. But I had to meet new people right. on set, which was difficult. I would never do it with guys. Mm -hmm. I had to know the guys beforehand. But right. girls, a lot of times I didn't. Man, those were the moments where I was like, this is just a sign that you don't belong here anymore. Because right. there's more of that than there is of you. And to me, when I came into this space, you know, as a porn star, you were told never to be achievable. Uh -huh. You were told always to be everyone's fantasy, mm -hmm. but like hooking was looked down on. Mm -hmm. Sharing yourself with random people was looked down on. You were supposed to be something that everybody lusted after, mm -hmm. and that was what was going to keep people right. coming in to see you sure. at the clubs. They always want to be on the hook and think, oh, I might get to have sex with her. Mm -hmm. Once they can start having sex with you, then it's over. How many times are they actually going to do it instead right. of fantasizing about me for 30, 40 years in five, but yes, that day on set, mm -hmm. I was so agitated and yeah. ended up getting stressful that day because yeah. if you remember, I had the makeup artist go and tell you like, we've got to get this shit on the road because Lisa's getting really feisty. It right. was over yeah. her badgering me mm -hmm. for 90 minutes right. about why I don't do it. Yeah. You saw a lot of that too. And those are different performers because right. they don't look at the project as being mm -hmm. as important. This right. is just kind of a way they charge more for that. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. It was like, you look at the rates they get for that versus what they got paid for what I did. And But you're like, okay, the, why is the rate cut? Well, okay, so it makes you, it keeps you high and you're an in-demand porn right. star. Right. So it puts your market value up for that. I didn't really care about that. And the, here's the other thing too. I swam in the muck with everyone, okay? We were all swimming in the muck together. And and I kind of felt like, well, if I'm gonna ask you to do something, if I'm not doing it, that's kind of like hypocritical in right? a way. So I was in it too, but I will say this. When I was swimming in the muck, it was toxic, all right? Now, now when you have all of these OnlyFans people super saturating the market, and you don't know if people are testing and they're being vigilant with it, this muck is nuclear, and I'm so Fucking glad nuclear. I'm not in it anymore. Talent now is being asked to have their tonsils removed. I know. So that they like, don't get infected with the untreatable gonorrhea. Right, going gonorrhea of the throat. Or, or yeah, the, the stuff you can't even treat with antibiotics. It's untreatable. Or, like, oh, yeah, and then do you remember the uh, the ringworm outbreak? Oh, yeah, I remember all of it. Staph infection, <clears throat> yeah. ringworm. So, so the ringworm outbreak was interesting because I was told by Ryan from the head office, he's like, look, man, he's like, if we don't get a handle on this, we are going to be shut down by the by Government. the health board. And I was like, fair enough. So I had Ethan, I wrote it out for him. I said, you gotta paste this at the top of email. Dear performer, if you've got any kind of ringworm on your on body. Your we were we were scanning yeah, each other. Yeah. We were getting into with, the with makeup room light. and going, yeah. look, you gotta stand there naked before I come near you. I've gotta yeah. scan your whole yes. body, socks off, everything. Yeah. Sorry, I see a mark, you gotta right. go home because yeah. it's so contagious. It was like it was like, listen. It's okay if you've got to cancel yourself of out. Course. I will not be mad. No, this is but do reason. not show up to the set with a ringworm because now it's going to cost money. It's going to it cost was, your agent money. We went through so many ebbs and flows with so many different things. Ugh. And the beautiful thing is that we're able to keep that away from you, the viewer. Yeah. We 
show you the fantasy, the what you want to see, but the behind the scenes is also an interesting part of any business. If you look at the medical field, if you look at, you know, the justice system, wherever it is, we start to watch these TV shows that teach us like, oh, is that really what it's like? You know, we want to know because we're curious. And we also don't want to just believe what's been fed to us and what mm. we fed to you through all the incredible scenes that Vic was a part of and that this whole this whole world has given you. Now flipping it over on the other side, you've kind of become a performer because you're on a PR tour uh -huh. and you're doing interviews about yeah. your book. Yeah. So what does it feel like to have people ask you like, hi, Vic, it's, will it's, you tell us about yourself? Yeah, you know? no, it, it was crazy. Like, it's the, like a like, date. My first live last night, like literally, I was like, okay, how's this going to work? And you know me, I'm a go at the flow. <laughs> Did kind you of ask guy. if you could swear? Like, do you ask any of those questions? I was, I was told ahead of time. Okay, good. I, I was okay. Told, so, so I knew I exactly what was question. going on. But like... I was like, is there going to be any lead up? Are we going to meet the people ahead of time? Nope. Sit in that chair. Okay, we're live. I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we and this go. This was on the bonfire yes. on Sirius XM. Yes. It's Love those guys. It's hosted by Jay Okerson. He's an incredible yes. comedian. Quite a few specials out there. He does a lot of stand up. You got to look him up. He's brilliant. He also does a podcast at SDR. Uh, and he has some new sidekicks in there. It's a beautiful studio, but you go in there. Producers over here. There's a lot of moving pieces, and and you're on. Yeah, how did it, it feel? It, it was. It, I loved it. I fucking loved it. Like <laughs> like to be like <laughs> on your toes. Princess. Yeah, on your Look toes. At this. Just <laughs> petting the ego. No, petting no. The ego. I was like, I was like, this is like because. It was manage. It was like li managing a live show. Yes. Like we See? are, we are on the train, on. the crazy yep. train, and I'm gonna get there. And I was like, so thinking on your toes and moving on your feet. Like I've been there, but like getting thrown into the hot kitchen right away is like go. I was like, I, this is fun. But what's very different about everything you've already did mm -hmm. is everything you already did was kind of laid out for you. Hey, we want these girls. We want this kind of scene. We want this. This is your story. Yeah. This is your existence that you put eight years yeah. into putting on paper mm -hmm. and making it so palatable and mm -hmm. so enjoyable. Like yeah. I immediately had to send one to Lainey. Yeah. And Lainey read it cover to cover. It was mm -hmm. like texting me. I'm like, Lainey, I can only read a chapter at a time. <laughs> Because it's very triggering for uh, me. Uh. Because there's a lot of things that remind me of all the reasons why I don't do scenes anymore. <laughs> and believe me, every once in a while, I see a guy come on the internet that's new in the business, and I wonder why I don't do scenes mm -hmm, anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm still on the fence on occasion, but reading your book reminds me very much of mm -hmm. like how I'm good. Um, what's it been like to hear from people that have read your book cover to cover? So it's interesting because when, when females tell you, like, I've, like they've read a couple of chapters and like, and there's one chapter in particular, like I, I was crying. I'm like, I tugged at your heartstrings, like I got you there. And I was like, wow, I think I actually wrote something good here because it was resonating. And some girls like, they're interested in dating or whatever. I'm doing the whole normal civilian courting ritual, which is so weird because it's so opposite of what I used to, but they're reading it. They're like, I never would have read this before, but I love it. Like, it's so intriguing. It's not what I was expecting. People are expecting, like, you know, all about sex and this and that. And, of course, it is. But I try to do a little wittiness to it and make it, like, showcase the bizarre and awkward. Let's just show the weirdness. Because my existence was completely bizarre for the last 20 years. And I wanted to get people in my shoes for that time. And when they're telling me they enjoyed it or when they're listening to the audiobook and they're like, dude, like, Morty, do you remember Morty? Yeah. He was he was one of the the guys from Montreal. Yeah, yeah. 
He's listening to the audiobook. He, he messaged me on Instagram. He's like, he's like, your lawyer should have warned people from getting permagrin. He's like, because I can't stop cheesing listening to this audiobook. And I'm like, it warms my heart because I was like, I didn't want to release a product that people aren't going to be interested in. Like, it's incredible. You know, and two, you have to remember that this is something that is your experience. You and I both had a lot of friendships outside of the industry yeah i will say definitely you are way more in the muck than me yeah. i was always like when i'm on set i'm on set and then you wouldn't hear from me right you know what i mean like i'm on the road i'm not yeah. fucking with people right. and when i'm not working i'm with my yeah. friends or not in the business and they would remind me like my friends would find my strip club stories mm -hmm. my stories on the road sure. so entertaining yeah whereas to me they were like the minutiae yeah. that i was actually living to get a paycheck yeah. you know yeah, yeah. that's the brilliance of filthy yeah. that's the brilliance of what you've put together yeah. and then the fact that you played both roles mm. in the audiobook <laughs> by reading the straight read mm. and then going into the crazy mindset of mm. the other voices and having narrators come in with different accents mm -hmm. to get Derek's accent, who Andrew also knows. Yeah. He had his British guy do Derek. Yeah, so that, that was, Derek that, has that was uh, the book designer. That was the book designer. <laughs> he played Derek. So there's a lot of hits that are gonna be here, but Vic, mm. everybody's gonna go to Viclagina.com. Check out the book on Amazon. Get the audio as well because they're two totally different rides. And make sure you give a follow on social media as well. Closing thoughts, closing statements, anything I missed to pitch? No, no, I'm I'm happy to be here. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, I get to do this again. That's my life. And it wasn't that way for a very long time. There a point where like once I was done with porn and people saw me, they're like, you look happy. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you hated your job. I was like, I eventually hated my job. You burn like, out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's a business with a big burnout factor. I think yeah. the entertainment business in a whole has a huge burnout factor. Yeah. And also, you were in the muck. Yeah. I think the only way to not burn out is to have this double life aspect yeah. that I always had, where mm -hmm. it's like, hey, everybody knows Thanksgiving. I'm going to be in Lake Tahoe. I'm yeah. going to be around nature, walking my friends' dogs, and going to visit the wild horses. Like, yeah. you have to have this shut it off, bring it back on. It was harder for you. Your days were longer. Mm -hmm. The paperwork was at your house. Yeah. There were times we were shooting at your house yeah. and you put a lot of time in yeah so it's 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 earned and as your friend i'm just so happy to see you, you living in this space and, yeah. and feeling this sense of pride about your project i appreciate that and and like i said every day i wake up i'm like i get to do this again and i treat every day it's like my gonna be my last because i want this day to kick ass i want tomorrow if i wake up to kick ass and i think if you live like that and you live presently and you don't worry about what's happening there or what everyone's thinking it's, it's, it's an amazing existence, and I'm glad I get to do it. And I'm going to be very sad when I'm gone. You know, there's so many things about this beautiful world that I'm going to miss. Uh, my dogs waking up, like anything. And it's it, when, I, when I see sadness in people, it bums me out because it's like... You're here. Yeah. Why are you sad? It's I like feel this, the same this, way this, about this people. This world is beautiful, but you have to find the beauty, and you can't focus on the stuff that doesn't matter. And you're going to go back now and reflect on all of this in a different way. I have such a greater appreciation for the business, having mm -hmm. a distance from it. Mm -hmm. And now I find the things that I love the most. Like I love being at strip clubs. Yeah. I'm just comfortable in the vibe. These are my people. This mm -hmm. is how I grew up. I meet the girls. We talk, we hang, the staff. Like, and the fact that I get to be a part of the family of Sapphire to such a level, not just in Vegas out by you, but now like my home here in New York, like you, you find the beauty in like, I was just burned out. Mm -hmm. Now I know what I love and I'm yeah. right back at it. And you're going to love Filthy. You're going to share this episode. So make sure all of your friends get Filthy as well. Go to viclagina.com. And thank you for listening to an all new episode of Lisa Ann's Backstage Combos. Bye.